the measures brought in today are geographically specific and targeted only to where they are needed. These are not blanket powers across the country. These will be tools that can be used where and when necessary so that the police of jurisdiction dealing with blockades or occupations have the tools necessary and can draw on RCMP resources as necessary to keep Canadians safe, to restore confidence in the rule of law and in our institutions, and to make sure uh, that our economy continues to recover from the impacts of COVID-19 over the past two years. All right, so does this all meet the threshold to enact such a heavy-handed approach? And um, there is a criteria, and that is, and I quote, a national emergency is described as, quote, an urgent and critical situation of a temporary nature, seriously endangering the lives, health, or safety of Canadians, and is of such proportion or nature to exceed the capacity or authority of a province to deal with. Look, Ontario already called a state of emergency, and we know that police forces already have the resources and they have the laws in the book to act. So what more will this actually do? Because Ottawa right now, the police there are waiting for an additional 1,800 officers that they've been begging for. So you would think maybe the Prime Minister would wait for those resources to uh, come into place before uh, doing anything. The other thing uh, that is very important in this is that the government has um, created these new powers that can tell a bank to freeze an account of someone who might be found in support of the convoys and freeze the account without a court order. And look, I'm all about preventing foreign funding in this country. But when the government gives itself the power to freeze a, a, an account of somebody without a court order, should scare everyone. Let me bring in Ryan O'Connor, who is a partner at Zayuna Law and who has dealt with a lot of civil liberties issues over the course of two years. He joins us now. Good to have you, Ryan. Good morning, Alex. Good to be with you. All right. So this is all the chatter today, certainly in legal circles. Um, the popular narrative right now is kind of like, well, it's not as heavy as the War Measures Act. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't actually know the details of the proposed law. And I think when a power grab is being made by the government, the devil is where we need to be looking in the details. Well, you're entirely right, Alex. Um, you know, I think the, the only emergency uh, that we're seeing right now is the political emergency for the uh, Liberal government in terms of its uh, polling numbers. And uh, in terms of its uh, uh, response to uh, the blockades and the protests that have occurred over the last three weeks. And you're quite right to say uh, the government has announced what the measures are going to be, but it's still uh, unclear exactly uh, the rationale that the federal cabinet used to declare the emergency. Um, there will eventually be a, a motion put before uh, Parliament uh, that's required within seven days under the Emergencies Act, uh, detailing uh, the rationale for the emergency. Uh, and it also requires the endorsement of Parliament to continue um, uh, beyond that uh, beyond that seven day period. So uh, the devil uh, is certainly in the details. Um, we'll wait to see what the offenses are that the uh, the federal cabinet has created with respect to uh, what the pro what the government has signaled: freezing uh, freezing assets in bank accounts without court order, uh, commandeering tow trucks to use to remove vehicles from uh, protests and blockades. So uh, it, it's a little unfortunate that with the heavy hand of this law being enacted, that Canadians don't know exactly what the details are and may not know the full details until the motion is tabled before Parliament within the next seven days. 
Yeah, l let me touch upon that before I dive into the whole other issue of seizing uh, bank accounts. Um, but uh, as I understand it, correct me where I'm wrong, unlike the War Measures Act, this um, Emergencies Act, which was uh, brought into the 80s uh, as kind of a renewed uh, War Measures Act, actually requires Parliament to um, oversee and, and take a look at some of the measures. Um, but if you're telling me that this has to go through days and days of being tabled in that, uh, it suggests then that, um, you know, we're looking at another couple of weeks for this thing to stay in place. Yeah, it's unclear when uh, uh, when the motion is going to go before Parliament. We understand the declaration has been issued in terms of the declaration natural uh, national pardon me uh, emergency. So within seven days, a motion is going to be tabled before Parliament. Uh, Parliament will have a mm -hmm. chance to ratify the emergency, and and here we are. An emergency, if if uh, ratified, will uh, will proceed for for up to thirty days. Yeah, and you think, well, if they just got those 1,800 cops in place or, or maybe put the police resources, they probably could shuffle this thing out. And what instead they've done now is, I think, inflamed this thing and probably got uh, a few people in the occupation who I do believe have overstayed their welcome, uh, but just kind of uh, probably had many of them uh, dig in their heels on this. Uh, on the flip side of this, um, you know, there is this new law that they want to put into place about freezing someone's bank account. And uh, I had a woman on the show yesterday, Ryan, who told me that an, uh, an officer showed up at her door in uh, just outside of Peterborough and she's got video of it where this officer is explaining uh, to her about kind of the rules and things to know about the convoys and all she did was like a Facebook page with 69 members uh, there was nothing threatening about it and so you think where could this go wrong well what if someone likes a Facebook page in support of the convoys or what if someone says a mouthy comment are they going to get snarled into this and people will laugh at that but it, it's happened before well, when, and we've seen this, Alex, throughout the pandemic. When you grant uh, police uh, special powers under new laws that they may not even be familiar with, let alone understand, uh, you can't expect that the discretion that the police uh, uh, often do use in terms of um, enforcing offenses mm -hmm. is going to be used in a way that's compliant with the Charter, in a way that's compliant mm -hmm. with the uh, with the law it's, uh, itself. So it, it's concerning that uh, we already have laws in the books with respect to uh, freezing bank accounts, but in Ontario, you typically require judicial authorization um, by way of sworn evidence uh, that a court reviews before freezing those bank accounts. And, and it looks like what the federal government is doing is eliminating that safeguard to protect the public. Uh, you know, public, members of the public who potentially aren't doing anything wrong, uh, but, you know, support political causes financially. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw what can go wrong in the G20 when, um, you know, there was police overreach. We saw uh, what happened after the fact. In fact, it was Bill Blair who got his knuckles wrapped for using tactics like the kettling, which was far beyond, um, you know, police, uh, you know, uh, you know, allowability. And then, of course, there was the secret law that the McGuinty government came up with to keep people away from the uh, barricades down by the Sky Dome. And after the fact, we learned that that actually didn't exist. They just said it did to get people not to go. And it was, again, it's this government overreach where they try to justify it at the time, but in the aftermath, uh, it does set a dangerous precedent, and it's not always, in fact, a power that they have um, and should have. Well, and it doesn't even seem as if the, the spirit and the letter of the act are being complied with in terms of whether or not a national emergency ought to have been declared. You know, is this a situation, as the act contemplates, that, that seriously endangers the, the lives, health, and safety of Canadians that are beyond any uh, a provincial capacity to deal with? Does this threaten the ability of the government to preserve the sovereignty of Canada? Now, that's... Uh, 
That's war language, essentially. And there's a reason why, uh, since 1988, when this uh, revised War Measures Act was enacted, that it has never been declared. And if you recall, Alex, two years ago, there were significant blockades in February mm-hmm. 2020 of critical infrastructure in this country, and the, and the federal government rightly did not declare a state of emergency, despite the fact that there were court injunctions not being uh, adhered to, there were... Um, uh, there was a lack of enforcement in British Columbia at some of those blockades, but the, the government rightly uh, did not declare a state of emergency and presumably felt that a state of emergency didn't exist and that the criteria under the Act didn't exist. And yet, for some reason, um, where we've had a blockade that's already been removed from the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, uh, we've seen other protests dissipate that the government felt that it had come upon them to declare the state of emergency. I think this is, a, uh, again, as I stated before, a political emergency and not an actual state of emergency for the Liberals. Yeah, and to your point about the blockades, in fact, uh, Mr. Trudeau at the time, it's like feels like an eternity now. Uh, he was in Africa trying to get a failed uh, security seat at the UN. Uh, he sent his minister, Mark Miller, to the railways where he met with a number of organizers for hours. And uh, through that dialogue, he himself said they were le- able to kind of lower the temperature. But you're right, they never bought, they never in any pipeline or rail blockade, Caledonia, never were these kind of uh, draconian measures. And, and t- to, to the point of Caledonia, Ryan, if ever there were a time when you might enact something like this, would probably be in a situation like Caledonia, which has been living for 15 years, like those are in Ottawa without without the horns. But I mean, they have been kind of uh, held hostage for, for almost two decades and never was there a conversation of bringing, uh, you know, measures like this. Exactly, because these are uh, these are extreme measures. Um, you know, the government declared the emergency, the uh, the Prime Minister signaled what uh, the intended orders are going to be. But under the Emergencies Act, the government can, uh, you know, can, can ban assemblies, even though there's a mm-hmm. constitutional right to freely assemble uh, and uh, be able to potentially justify it if that was challenged in court. So uh, these measures are, are very severe, uh, to your point, are very draconian and should only be used, if at all, in very rare uh, circumstances. Uh, and it appears that, uh, you know, the government is using this as a political tool. We have so many laws in the book, in the criminal code, provincial laws, municipal bylaws that address essentially all of the issues that the prime minister was identifying as so problematic as requiring the enactment of the Emergencies Act uh, yesterday. We already have laws in the books to deal with these issues. And if the issue is police enforcement, you know, allowing blockades to uh, to amass without, uh, you know, without dispersing them, that, that's an issue for enforcement. That's an issue for potentially the provinces and municipal police forces. It's certainly not an issue for the government, except to the extent that the government, the federal government, may wish to send RCMP and, uh, you know, to, to provide support as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, as opposed to enacting broad measures that, uh, that infringe mm-hmm. upon our civil liberties. Uh, we have many tools in the law to address these issues. They already exist. Yeah, just I know you've got to get to court, so I'll keep it quick. I just want to know, what, why would the province and the federal government need emergency powers? I mean, what, what more power do we have in place now that we didn't, let's say, with uh, Doug Ford on Friday announcing new powers? Well, in Ontario, it's already superfluous because there is a state of emergency right. here in Ontario. But um, just generally speaking, there are times when, uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, for example, um, legislatures didn't have the opportunity to convene and emergency orders, the governments would say, were required in order to, uh, you know, to protect hospital capacity, to uh, to limit gatherings, et cetera, partly because 
no one knew what was going on at that point, and the legislature didn't have time to contemplate new legislation. These um, emergencies uh, acts exist in the books in provinces as well as federally to address those situations where uh, the premier or the, or the uh, cabinet, or in this case the federal cabinet, have the opportunity to issue laws temporarily to address very significant public health and safety concerns. And I don't think anyone disputes that there might be a situation uh, from time to time where that might occur, or if a war, um, uh, if there was a war, for example, that was uh, that had, uh, uh, that was declared. But this isn't the circumstance for it. And when you start to abuse emergencies legislation by invoking it too much, Ontario's had four states of emergency during the pandemic, some of which may have been justified, others perhaps not so much. But we have a federal state of emergency at the end of the pandemic. And what I'm concerned yeah. about is not this situation. I'm concerned about um, this has made it uh, potentially normalized for governments yeah. to, when they see protests they don't like, uh, blockades they don't like, to invoke emergencies legislation uh, when it wasn't the intention of the legislation at all. Uh, I think our civil liberties in the future will be poor for it because of the Prime Minister's uh, move this time. Some blockades okay, are okay, some are not, apparently. Uh, Ryan, very much appreciate your time on this. Thanks. No problem, Alex. Good to be with you as always. That is uh, Ryan O'Connor, who deals with a lot of civil liberties issues and has taken them on uh, with his firm, Zayuna Law, here in Toronto.